a long, long time ago, in the mystical realm of Midgard, the land was protected by all-powerful Odin. Heroes were born to fight in dungeons for rewards. These rewards, called Yggdrasil, are rare and priceless artifacts that can bestow huge treasure and wealth and riches, but can only be wielded by the most powerful of heroes. As with so many things, these were erased by the passage of time. Until now, when you can rediscover Yggdrasil, the heroes of Norse mythology, through the blockchain-based game Midgard Clash on the Wax blockchain. This is an up-and-coming blockchain-based game that allows you to collect artifacts and characters from Norse mythology and use them to battle and earn cryptocurrency as well as NFTs. So in this video, we will hop in, we'll take a look and see what you need to know about this blockchain-based game. Hey everyone and welcome. This is the Part-Time Economist and in today's video we are taking a look into a Midgard Clash which is an upcoming blockchain based game that's obviously on the Wax blockchain and it combines the features of Norse mythology with cryptocurrency with NFTs. So in this video I want to break it into a couple different sections. I want to go over the general outline what the game is about how the battle works. I want to get into NFTs, the role of NFTs in the game, how you can get those NFTs, how you combine them, level them up, and then I want to finish by taking a little bit of a look at the roadmap, the founding team, and just giving you a general overview of the game. So obviously I like to start every video by saying that nothing that I ever say is financial advice. I just thought it was a pretty cool project and wanted to pass it along here for you. So the basic storyline with this is that you are taking characters from Scandinavian mythology and their legendary weapons. You can own these characters represented as NFTs on the Wax blockchain. You collect them and then you select a various dungeon that you want to go into to battle monsters and win both cryptocurrency as well as additional NFTs. Right off the bat, this is something that I like about the game because I just like the idea of earning NFTs. Nothing makes me happier than playing Splinterlands, completing my daily quest, opening up my rewards chest, and finding that I've got a cool new card. Earning cryptocurrency, I guess I kind of feel like I could just go buy more cryptocurrency, but if I win an NFT that's unique to that game, I feel it delivers a stronger connection with the game. So I do like that you get rewarded in both NFTs and cryptocurrency. So the way that this works, you basically can collect characters as well as weapons. Before going into a dungeon, you pick three separate weapons that you can take with you. Each weapon has different strengths and abilities, just like each character has different strengths and abilities and power-ups that you can use to your advantage. So just to jump in here and give you a little bit of a look at what that actually turns out to be, there are five separate types of weapons, and each of these has a different balance of attack and defense. So we've got Thor's hammer, really strong on the attack, has a good defense as well. We go down, we have Odin's spear, and you can see, again, this is very well balanced between attack and defense, right? So Thor's hammer, a little bit more of an offensive weapon. Odin's spear, a little bit more balanced. And then if we scroll down here to the bottom, we've got a 
another sword, but this one is very heavily focused on defense, right? So it defends at a seven, attacks at a three. So it's a balance between choosing the right weapon. But one thing that you will notice is that regardless of which weapon you choose, if you level it up, it gets both better offense as well as defense, right? So you can level your weapons up, you can increase their rarity as well as their in-game powers as well. Not only can you have your choice of different weapons to go into battle with, but you can have your choice of different characters. So just to show you, you've obviously got Thor and the cool thing about Thor is he gives you an increased income of 10% for winning your matches. So a bronze level Thor gives you 10% income. Check this out. If you've got an ownership level Thor, you're getting an additional 30% income based off just using this card. You've got Loki, the ability to basically pull out your token redemption time quicker, right? So at a bronze level, you can pull out your tokens 10% quicker, ownership level up to 30%. This is what I like so much is because they're giving these players different abilities. So Odin, he's focused more on balance, right? He's the father of all gods, as it says here. And with him, you get both increased income as well as decreased token redemption time. But in neither area is he as strong as Thor or as strong as Loki. You're paying a little bit for that trade-off and that balance. Obviously, you go through here, you can see uh, other characters as well that have different advantages. So with that being said, you go into these dungeons, you compete, you win various cryptocurrency as well as NFTs. Now, how much do you win? That is an interesting question and they actually have the algorithm directly in the white paper for you to see. So as you can see here, they do have the basically the token winning attribute that describes how these tokens are issued, how they're pushed out through the gameplay. You can see that this is a variety of different inputs go into this formula so the sum of the weapons power the time lock factor the adoption factor power factor a variety of different things again this is a white paper i'm trying to give you a general level overview without getting into the details but if you're more technically minded you want to look exactly how that looks like you can go into the white paper but obviously the key thing here is that the more powerful weapons you have you're obviously going to have increased rewards for those more powerful weapons. Not only that, but you've also got the ability to get these NFTs. So when all players battle in a dungeon, this is during the beta stage, NFT drops happen every 24 hours and 50 NFT drops according to players Yggdrasil earnings. So 50 NFTs basically being split up, 25 bronze weapons, 20 silver weapons, three gold weapons, and then two platinum weapons. So thinking about that, you're looking at these different types of weapons, these different characters. Now what I want to get into is the role that NFTs play within this game. So the first thing that I'll show you is that there's obviously different types of NFTs. The thing that I like, obviously, it is taken from the Scandinavian mythology. So you've kind of got these interesting characters as well as the weapons that they have been traditionally associated with. You have the ability to upgrade your NFTs into higher level NFTs to increase your rewards and your earning power. So obviously we can go from these common cards, we can upgrade them, we can go from kind of the uncommon to the gold, we go from the gold to the platinum. The interesting thing about this is we need four cards of the lower rarity to move up to the next higher level of rarity. However, to go to an ownership level card, we not only need three platinum cards, but we also need a platinum weapon. And 
I think that's very interesting because it forces you not to just focus on one thing. You can't just keep leveling up your character. You've also got to get a weapon, right? So just as we think about mythology, each of these characters are associated with a corresponding weapon. So in order to truly own and embody that character, they've got to have a weapon as well. So that is the way that you level up various cards through this system. But how do you get the cards and what are the prices for these cards? Well, one thing that I will point out is that there is actually an upcoming sale in about eight days. Now, depending on when I actually release this video, it may be seven days, it may be six days. So the best thing to do is obviously check the official Twitter, stay up to date on the most recent info there because it's going to be a lot more current than what I can give you through a video. That being said, they will have a sale that they're releasing on about eight days from now. But what I want to do is I want to take a look at what these actual packs are, what come in these packs. So you've really got two separate options. You've got a bronze character pack and a silver character chest. With the bronze level, you're only getting four cards. Basically, again, you're looking at the common level stuff. This is your entry level, your starting point to the game. So you just want to play the game. You want to try it out. This might be the pack for you. 80% chance of a bronze card, 15% silver, 4% gold, 1% platinum. So again, you're kind of just getting into the game. With these silver character chests, again, you're getting six cards, so more cards, as well as getting an increased chance of silvers, golds, and platinum. Kind of the same thing with the weapons chest. You get the standard weapon chest or the supreme chest. The supreme gives you not only more cards, but you get an increased chance of getting those cards as well. So for this upcoming pack sale, bronze character chests going to be $9, $39 for those silver chests. Now, a lot of people want to know what's the value of my investment? How is this all going to work out? What, what I will say is that nothing is financial advice and things can change. However, based on their previous pack sale, and again, let me just pull up a little graph to show you, their previous standard packs were released at about $9. And what you can see is since then, they have not just maintained their value, but they have grown considerably in terms of value. So right now they're currently sitting at about $111, which if you bought in at $9, after all your fees are taken into account on Atomic Hub, because you know Atomic Hub, they're going to take out a fee. You're looking at almost, just based off this, it looks like almost a 10 times increase in the value of that. So nothing's financial advice, but it is good to see that these packs have retained their value. Now, if you're looking to get into the game, obviously what I will say is that just looking at this, that can seem like a barrier to entry to some people, right? $10 to get started in Splinterlands, right? $10, most people are able to come up with that not everyone might be able to come up with this much money just to get a standard pack. That is why if you are interested in getting these packs, it might be a better idea to consider getting in on this sale that they're having here. And then if you do need additional things, if you just want to play, again, if you're just looking for the gameplay experience, you're not going to have as high of level of rewards, but it might be a better option just to go onto Atomic Hub and find the exact weapons that you need. So just find kind of the basic lowest level thing just to see if you enjoy the gameplay. Not financial advice, but it is one option that's available for you. So what does the actual gameplay it look like itself? And this is something that's incredibly important because blockchain based games are kind of a weird area in which they're games, but they're also monetization opportunities. And in my personal opinion, blockchain-based games, they're not Call of Duty, right? They are not World of Warships, right? 
most of the times it's a relatively simplistic gaming interface that's really more focused on the monetization. Obviously there's a couple exceptions to that, however what you're really looking for is a gameplay experience balanced with those monetization opportunities. Now because this is in such an early stage it is hard to know exactly what that gameplay is going to look like. I did reach out to the team trying to get a better idea of gameplay because I know that you all, that is going to be something that's really important to you. You want to know, kind of like Alien Worlds, right? We invested in it. We're saying, hey, when's Thunderdome coming? Thunderdome never came. So I reached out to the team. I said, hey, what's this gameplay experience going to look? The way it looks currently, and again, keep in mind this is subject to change. It can develop. Different things can happen as the game moves along. But for right now, it looks like you basically choose your NFTs, you choose your avatars, they're submitted into the battle, and it's kind of goes into this box and the results are spit out. The way it currently looks, it's not going to be like you assume your character, you're going in there, you're pressing shift to strike with a sword, you're pressing spacebar to block. It doesn't look like it's going to be kind of like a first person shooter type game. It's going to be more of like think on Alien Worlds, right? When you mine, you select your cards, you press mine, all of this happens in the background. So that's a little bit about the gameplay. Last thing that I want to talk about before moving on is the tokenomics. So obviously the in-game token is going to be called the Yggdrasil and with this there's two things we need to talk about. Number one utility, number two a token distribution. So the token distribution is going to be based on an initial supply of four billion tokens. Half of this supply half of the total supply is going to be distributed to players in the form of rewards, right? These tokens, you can earn them with NFT characters and weapons in the game. The NFT characters basically come with the weapons that allow you to participate in these challenges. However, the Yggdrasil tokens can be used in upgrading character NFTs in the future. It would be used in participating in special events like future quests, fighting monsters, and also accessing multiple dungeons. So think about Splinterlands, right? You can earn their cryptocurrency. You can then use that cryptocurrency, obviously, to purchase more cards or you can roll that over and use it to enter their exclusive tournaments. Somewhat similar here in that the Yggdrasil is supposed to have more in-game utility. So it's not just something that's generated and you can't do anything with it. It's designed to have a utility in that you can level up your NFTs with it, as well as giving you access to special events that you wouldn't be able to if you didn't have these tokens. There is going to be an inbuilt burning mechanism as well, which hopefully for the investors out there puts upward price pressure as it decreases supply. So it's always important to talk about distribution of the token supply because one thing that always makes me a bit nervous is if I see the founding team keeping a large percentage of the tokens for themselves or if I see a huge marketing budget. Thankfully, it doesn't look like that's the case here. What we'll see is that 7% is used for seed funding, 8% for development, team is keeping 5%. 6% is going to liquidity, and then keep in mind, 50% is going to the players as those rewards burning. 10% of tokens will be burned periodically. So that's kind of an overview of the tokenomics, what it does. Last thing that I want to cover up with is the roadmap and the team. And I like to cover the team and the roadmap at the same time because at the end of the day, a roadmap, I can come up with anything I want. At the end of the day, it's the team, it's the people behind the project that you're really trusting to take this roadmap and turn it into a reality. So with that being said, June 1st, or well, June 2021 to November, they're basically focusing on the development, right? You see that with the NFTs, you see that with a variety of things. 
The dungeon layouts are going to be finalized. Players can participate simply by buying cards and purchasing chests, right? So I got in really early on Colonize Mars, which is a blockchain-based game. I got in really early on that. And at the earliest stages, all you could really do is buy cards and hold them. There wasn't any gameplay, and that's fairly common for blockchain-based projects. Usually they'll sell their initial cards, they'll raise some funds, then they'll focus on the development. So stage one, you're really just purchasing those cards and waiting for more features to be implemented. Number two, November to February of 2021 to 2022 is when things start to get interesting. We get the beta version of the gameplay for a single dungeon and mining rewards. You see more graphics added, various things being improved within the game. You also get the introduction of the in-game currency called the Yggdrasil token. You basically harvest this token as we talked about by fighting various dungeons, things like that. NFT drops also coming live at this time as well. So right now we're still kind of buying, we're getting invested, and then November to February is when they're intending on kind of releasing the initial functionality of the gameplay. Moving from February to June, we're introducing more dungeons, we're getting more features, influencers are going to be able to create their own community within the game. And then going from June of 2022, we're getting not just a PvE format, but a PvP P format as well. So the initial gameplay is going to be player versus environment, right? That's when you're basically competing against um, NPCs, right? If you play games, you're not competing against other humans, you're competing against NPCs. By the end of this phase, hopefully they will release the PvP version. Now, last thing I'm going to cover really quick is the founding team. And like I said, this is incredibly important because these are the people that are going to make this a reality. So you can see here they do have the development team, the design team, a variety of different things. They have the founder. One thing that I will say, and you can read through here, you can see it says gaming and mythology enthusiast. You can see that he's worked on a variety of different project management, but this is not a criticism at all. It's kind of a helpful comment that I would say. If I'm investing in a project, I want to know specifics of what you've done because at this early of a stage, I don't know how you know how the project's going to turn out. I don't have gameplay. I don't have a lot of these different things. So I'm really putting a lot into the team and that I trust them to carry this out. So it says gaming and mythology enthusiast, project manager. I would like to know specific projects. So what projects have you been on, right? Have you been a founding member of Colonize Mars? Have you did the artwork for Splinterlands? And again, I'm just kind of making up examples here, but I'd like to see a little bit more concrete things. So I've worked at this company. I've worked at that company because anyone can be a cryptocurrency enthusiast, right? Anyone can be a fan of blockchain, right? I'd really like to see specific examples of what the team has done. And again, like I said, this is not a criticism at all. It's just something that I think would help investors feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that they're putting their money, their investments with someone that has the skill and expertise to implement that roadmap. So just to wrap everything up, I do think that Midgard Clash is an interesting concept because really what we see with a lot of blockchain-based games, they really go into the space genre, right? So we've got Colonize Mars, we've got Alien Worlds, we've got Our Planet, we've got, you know, how many games that are all space-focused. We've got a couple that are focused on kind of the mythology, stuff like that, but I think this is the first one that focuses exclusively on the Scandinavian or kind of the Norse mythology genre, which is something that's becoming increasingly popular in the mainstream culture. So from that perspective, I am interested in it. Obviously, as I said, it is in its very, very early phases. So some people are going to like that. They're going to say, hey, this is an amazing opportunity to get in early with the huge potential for profit. 
other people, they're going to be a little bit more risk averse and they're going to say, hold on, hold on. I want to wait till there's a full gameplay. I want to wait till the tokens launched. And it's completely up to you. Do you like getting in early? Do you like taking that risk or do you like waiting till things are more fully developed? At the end of the day, it's completely and totally your choice, but I did think it was an interesting project that was worthy of bringing to your attention and letting you make your own decisions. So leave it down below in the comments. What do you think? Are you getting in now? Are you holding off? Or is this not the project for you? So as always, thanks for watching and I'll see you next time.